Hey y'all, this is Ryan Monso, and this is Talking About Them Cougars podcast from GoCougs.com. In affiliation with Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Republic of Football, Podcast Network, and some other things. Brad Towns is here, former U of H athlete. We are talking TCU, U of H football from TDECU Stadium. How freaking terrible was that? But still, you're going to find people online defending it. You won't hear that here, but first... I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. Cougar athletes have to trust their coaches and teammates, whether it's going for it on fourth down, nailing that three-point shot, or trusting your teammate to hit that walk-off home run. If you've been in an accident, big or small, do not go it alone. You can trust Gus to fight for your maximum recovery. Call 866-TRUST-GUS today. TrustGus.com. Principal Office, Houston, Texas. So, Brad, everybody knows what I think of the game. They've read my first piece of breaking it down. They heard the after show. What do you got? And by everybody, I know, I mean, like, you know, 43 people. Oh, no! We suck again! How do I feel about this game? Um, I thought it was disgusting. I thought it was a terrible, it was a terrible performance. It was a terrible plan. I don't care how how um how many times i read that the plan was good the the scheme was good everything was good no it was all terrible everything was terrible except for special teams um and we'll get into talking about the special teams later because they definitely deserve credit because they did a hell of a job and they've they continue to do a hell of a job um but the rest of it defense bad offense bad everything bad way bad way bad I mean, I was really, really hoping that the, that there were some positives of anything that I could hold on to, but it was it it started off quick and the way the way TCU <clears throat> ran down the field to start the game, I thought, okay, well here it comes, here it comes. But you know, we hang, hung in there for a little bit, hung in there for a little bit, made mistakes on top of that, hung in there, made mistakes, made mistakes, made mistakes. Um, well, got first beat up off, along your first the way. defensive, your second defensive drive, you caused a turnover, and I mean, you got penetration, and it was like, oh, well, if they do this, this U of A team can hang in with TCU. You turn them over, you you win that, you get penetration from the defensive line. Like, I, I think people were kind of excited at that point, right? Yeah, I mean, if you could turn them over, you got a shot. I yeah. mean, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much the been the game plan for U of H for any success over the last seven years is that if your defense, if you can get defensive turnovers and you can get special teams contributions, you're going to win because you need every ounce of that to support this brutal offense that we've had for the last five years. But here's the problem. I mean, the only offense we've had in the last seven years was the guys who was running the offense last night for TCU and running it down our freaking throats. Yeah. So after you turn him over, you get your second drive. Donovan Smith, short, left, incomplete. Then he gets a pass to Sam Brown for nine yards. Really nice play. And then he runs up the middle. And I'm telling you, 
Donovan Smith got the first down on that third down. They didn't. They spotted it terribly. Dana was screaming at an assistant coach on the sideline instead of paying attention. Didn't have anybody upstairs saying, hey, that's a horrible spot and we need to challenge. And so they go to fourth down and Donovan Smith does not get it. Or no, excuse me, on fourth down there, it was Brandon Campbell. Brandon Campbell had one touch last night and it was on fourth down and he didn't get back in the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's punishment or if he re-aggravated something. It was probably weird by itself. Probably part of the game plan. You you script that. That's all in the script. You know that. Come on. You you think the script is to have Brandon Campbell come in for one Abs- play? Hey, dude, the game was his hat the, the and then game, go to the showers. We were told that the game plan was flawless. The game plan well, was there is that. was right. The game plan so, I mean, should have included. It should have included somebody upstairs looking at that spot, saying how garbage it was. And yeah, challenged. I mean, I, to be honest, I didn't really even I didn't even notice it because they just kind of just ran through it they showed they showed the replay well, once you were I didn't really even i didn't even think about it because i was getting a drink at that time but um you were watching with the fs1b team but go ahead <laughs> true but they were um <clears throat> excuse me it didn't they, they didn't bring it up a big deal they started talking about fourth down and then went for fourth down and i think somebody in, I, I saw somebody mention that hey that was a terrible spot and i was like okay well cool but now that you bring this up and going back and watching it um on the replay it's like what the hell were we doing on the sideline why why wasn't yeah. that call challenged or a, a timeout or anything or an undressing of the referee on the sideline well i don't know what you mean by that but it sounds fun Dressing yeah. down, maybe? <clears throat> yeah, whatever. <laughs> One of those things. I mean, if you're going to take the dude's clothes off, that's probably going to cost you 15 yards. I'm just saying. <laughs> that, w- that would actually be worth it. It'd be worth it to see that. I don't disagree. So let's talk about the offense. Four quarters of the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You had Brandon Campbell on one fourth down run, and then you played two guys at running back, Stacy Sneed and Parker Jenkins. And then you had a couple plays where the tight end changed but other than that it pretty much looked the exact same for four quarters nobody on the offensive line changed the wide receivers really didn't uh, when they went four and five wide they they added a guy but you just keep putting the same guys out there running the same plays expecting something different yeah and at some point you have to acknowledge or somebody has to tell you that maybe a variable should change and I don't know what that variable is. If Donovan Smith is the best quarterback, uh-oh. If the two guys on the right side of the line are far and away the best that you have, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen anybody come in at the right tackle spot. I'm pretty sure Unije has played every snap of the season. He doesn't get low. His pad level's high. He gets popped up real fast. And guys just destroy him, run around him, or through him. Yeah. I mean... How is there? You had a three-person battle for that spot in the fall. What? And we shouldn't be surprised. We saw the exact same thing last year. Exact well, here's same the problem. thing. You changed management. You brought in the run game coordinator Iman Nagabi, who mm-hmm. everybody said in spring and fall camp it was different. He's teaching. It's technique. We're tougher. We're run blocking. That's our whole focus. Is run blocking. Right. Well, you're running for three yards of carry. You ran for one and a half yesterday. I don't even know, but I know it wasn't anything. Yeah, I think it was there's like, nothing that is shown that has gotten better. 
or has even stayed the same level it was last year. No. I, I just, I am, there's I think, red flags everywhere. Now, now that we're, you know, now that we're fishing out of the portals, for some reason, we don't have anything behind the two guys on the right side who are struggling. We don't have anything behind them to replace them with. I mean, what, what were they doing? What were they doing during the off season? What, well, they, they brought, you know, in the fall, they brought in Garth in the off season. They brought in Hobby Lee and, um, uh, Dunn. Yeah. And Dunn had a few snaps at right guard in the rice game. And I think that was because Tyler Johnson got hurt and they may have moved tank Jenkins over. Um, but otherwise you just go into the same thing time and time again. There's been no, typically you don't see a lot of offensive line changes in the flow of a game. Right. But when you're down 28, do you not try something? When you're blown out Saturday night and you're throwing it away on fourth down, just like, eh. Well, instead of even trying to throw it down the field to see if something happens. When you're doing that, why not try something different? But you ran out Donovan Smith till the end of the game, ran out five offensive linemen to the end of the game. Yeah, and I'll I'll tell you this. If my excuse after the game is that the game plan was solid, that the play calls were solid. They were. They just didn't execute. They didn't. Well, if I've got guys out there that aren't executing, why are they out there? Do you not have anything behind that? So you mean to tell me everybody, every single player on the roster is not executing? If that's the case, then we've got massive problems. Then I got to ask, what the hell do you do every single day of practice? What did you do all summer? What did you do there in the spring? I think you're overlooking that they had a really good Tuesday practice a week ago. I'm definitely overlooking that. I mean, I'm it. it it's definitely paid off. That that one single practice has definitely hey. shown. I mean, I can't. And back it, to back it frustrates Tuesdays. me. It frustrates me to no end to hear the excuse of, hey, I was good. Everybody else just screwed up executing my greatness. I'm tired of hearing that. I've been hearing that for way too long. And that doesn't even that doesn't even talk about this regime. It goes all the way back since I've been a fan. When I hear somebody say that, well, it's all it comes down to the it's, they just gotta execute. Yeah, no shit. The question is, why aren't they executing? That's your job. If they're not doing it in a the game, they're obviously not doing it in practice. So why aren't they doing it in practice? And I if it's just a few guys about that, but if it's just a few guys that aren't executing, why aren't they being replaced? Your worst case scenario is that they are executing in practice, but the level they're playing against in practice is their level or a lower level. You know, what if it looks good in practice and then you get to a game and the speed or something is just too much. Well, that's worse. That that tells me that they're practicing wrong. If you can't replicate the speed of, if you can't carry the speed of practice over into a game, exactly in rice, because the, the lack of execution that, that was the cause of, of last night, it was the exact same thing against rice against much smaller guys, much less talented guys. And you were still getting manhandled. It looked well, no different. I agree to the most part, but if you had a draft for offensive players in the Rice game, anybody on their roster, anybody on U of H's roster, you're taking JT Daniels first, right? Yeah. You're taking Luke McCaffrey, maybe second, maybe third. I'd probably go fourth. Who are you taking ahead of him? 
I'd take Caesar. Offense, just offense. Offense, um, I'd take Patrick Paul. Okay, so you're starting left tackle. Okay, yeah. that's fine. But McCaffrey and JT Daniels are the playmakers. Right. And we can say that because, one, we saw them make plays, and two, there have been a dearth of plays from the other side. But then again, I don't think McCaffrey and Daniels would look the way they did against us if they were being if they were playing for us. Well, that might be true. I mean, who can say? But I think I, there's a oh, the one thing that pisses me off the most right now, and this it doesn't matter. But Sam Brown has not gotten in the end zone. You have to get the ball to that guy in the end zone at some point. On fourth down last night, you threw to the back corner of the end zone to a tight end. Mm-hmm. Why are you not putting your best receiver out there and trying to get him to make a play and to reward him with a score? That makes no sense to me. Not even you, I'm not even looking for the reward. I'm going to go to the guy that's going to catch the ball. And so the right. two guys, the two guys that I am, I am dead on targeting. I'm targeting Sam Brown or Manjack. I'm going to go with your two money guys. Those are the guys who've shown who can make catches, make tough catches, and make big catches. Yeah. Okay. I, and I under I understand that because of the because of the alignment that we had, those two guys weren't in there. We showed big package up there, and we were really we were trying to sneak the the tight end out on the fake block on the sealable linebacker, and then let him go to the corner. Why get tricky? Why do you want to do something that you're not good at that you might do once or twice a game? Maybe. Why not go with your bread and butter? Why don't you go with your strength? Play to your strengths. Again, a problem that I've had for years. Play to your strengths. Get the ball in your playmaker's hands, but we don't do that. I mean, just look just look the way we started yesterday. Brown goes for, what, 50 on one catch? Yeah, on that first drive. Then nine, then nine another. Mm-hmm. And you tell me this perfect game plan was designed that he doesn't get another ball thrown his way until the game is turning into a boat race in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Not a single, not a single look in the second and third quarter. Not one. But then on a big play at the goal line, we're going to throw it to the tight end. No offense to the tight end. Just not the best guy to throw it to. If you're looking to score. Now, if you're looking to, to not score, then perfect. And he made a decent play on it. He made a decent play on it, got his foot down, just couldn't carry, carry it through the end zone. But that's not that's not your high percentage throw. That's not your high percentage target. That's not what you should be doing. I can't argue with that. I'd like to, but I can't. I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. As you know, a great quarterback wins championships. If you've been injured in an auto accident, big or small, you can trust Gus to quarterback your case. Call 866-TRUST-GUS today. Principal Office, Houston, Texas. So you still have no offensive identity. You don't have any defensive identity either. But every week you look for it. You look for something to hang your hat on to say this is what we are. But it's pretty much just a random mismatch of plays. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, I mean I would I would not be I surprised. I mean there's a script, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm I wouldn't be surprised if they had a list of 20 plays and that they were up there rolling a 20-sided dice and just calling whatever comes up because that's the way it looks. 
there seems to be no rhyme or reason. The the plays, the play combinations don't seem to be building off one or the other. They don't look like they're doing anything to show one specific look and then go back to it in a different variation later on. Um, there, there's just no, there's no rhythm to it. There's, it, it just really does look like it's, Hey, look, I rolled a D 20. We're going to dive up the middle. Do you think they would benefit from an offensive coordinator? Somebody in charge. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we're supposed to have one, aren't we? No, I mean, we, nobody we is named offensive coordinator here. We technically had one, um, last year. Yeah. You've had a couple. I mean, would they benefit if they had? I mean, the a, offense was better coach, last year. If they had a head coach completely removed and then not allowed in the room just to go He's do in whatever, meeting. would go do whatever you have. They have very little input other than this is the strategy I want to play out. Design a uh, game plan around this. If there was a, if there was an offensive coordinator who ran everything themselves, who was a competent offensive coordinator. Absolutely, they would benefit. They benefit massively. But under the structure that we currently have, three-headed monster. I mean, the 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 thing that that an offensive uh, somebody who's considered an offensive coordinator. I mean, for me, his only role in the system is a meat shield. So when things go bad, it's his fault. Just like last year, when the offense was going bad, oh, it's Dawson's fault. Took the play calling from him, and it nearly killed me. Dana said, "I I think you need somebody." that is responsible for calling game, for the flow of the game. Right now, you have different people in different games calling the plays. And I don't know who called the TCU game. We haven't been told that. I'm going to ask it on Monday, though. And at some point, if, if three people are putting their ideas in and coming to some agreement, that's a little weird. And that's why it's going to look kind of janky and askew. You need one guy with one philosophy with one thought who's building plays and schemes and looks on top of each other. And you're not mm-hmm. getting that right now. And well, we weren't I getting it last the, year either. In the second half of the year against a terrible schedule, you got it. Oh yeah. Some- I mean, once, once, once the, uh, once the talent of the opposition let up, yeah, we look, we look lights out. Yeah. They were awesome. But the minute you find somebody who, might be able to scheme a little bit, might have a couple of players who can play a little bit. Yeah, it was out the window. Turned into trash again. It's crazy to, think, to to say this, but in seven of the last eight quarters, you have not had an offensive touchdown. I don't even remember at the end of the UTSA game. Did they score in the fourth quarter? Because it might be, it might go a little further. Let's look. This is exciting. Uh, no, did not score in the fourth quarter. So you're at eight of the last nine quarters of not having an offensive touchdown. Hold on, I thought we scored some against Rice, right? We had 20, 21. Oh, you're right. You've got, you've got me here. You, you win. Uh, we had 28 points against Rice. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, I was missing the second quarter score. I, I, I dunced on that. <laughs> so, but I understand. First I understand quarter, what your point is. Yeah. The first quarter and the third quarter against Rice, you didn't score any offensive points. Or any right. offensive touchdowns. You didn't score any offensive touchdowns against TCU. And you didn't score any any in the fourth quarter of UTSA. So that's seven of the last nine quarters. That's really hard to do. Yeah. I mean, that's like Iowa offense last year. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're it's not like we're going up against world beaters. No. This team has scored fifty-eight <laughs> points in regulation. 
mean, it doesn't, 19 points a game. Looking back on this, it doesn't help, you know, after seeing UTSA just get trucked by Amy, uh, by Army. Or Amy. Amy. She might have she might have scored more than seven. Hey, if it was if it was Amy Schubert out there, she'd be lighting people up. Where is this going? Same place as easy it is. Yeah. What was the best play you saw last night? Other than the kickoff return from Matt Golden. Um, best play that I saw was had to have been the uh oh, when we were gonna punt out of our own end zone and we only had like five guys on the field and we had there to call were, I swear out. there were nine guys on the field. <laughs> I'm it sitting there watching the eight. they they've got a they've got a they've got a rear cam. Uh-huh. behind the punter with him standing in the end zone. So it was a tight shot. I couldn't see, yeah. you know, there was at least enough to fill up that frame, but I couldn't see what was going on outside. But I'm sitting there watching the clock and I'm like, it's under 10 seconds. And we're not even lined up. What the hell's going on here? Yeah. And then they have to call a timeout. And I was like, dude, that just perfectly, that just perfectly draws a picture of all the problems that U of H has. I mean, if we can't even get, we can't even get that done right. How does that happen? So that was your best play? Yeah, that was an absolute best play. I mean, it was that would that did, told the tale of the night. Okay, the AP poll just came out. Let's see. Nope, didn't make it. Oh, we didn't even get any votes? Well, I don't see receiving votes, but doesn't look like they're there. You well, maybe, maybe one day they'll expand that AP poll to top 100 and we can possibly get in. Maybe. If they went 125, I think you're pretty comfortably in. Like, pretty comfortably. Quite possibly. It yeah. is interesting you say that because our defense is ranked number 124. Oh, damn. So your scoring is 94th right now. It'd be 113 if you don't include the overtimes. Thank God for overtime. Thank God for overtime. Oh, and the uh, kickoff return. And kickoff return. I mean, that's normal flow of the game. You should include that. Overtime's not. Well, uh, I mean, when, it, when, when they consider it total offense, no, special teams don't count. Right. But points, I'm talking about scoring. And so scoring, they're they're there. Uh, I just I I struggle to find. I think this is in the three worst offensive games of this century, maybe four. Yeah. Uh, the UTSA game in 2014, the Rice game in 2004, and Central Florida in 2012. Yeah. Or I no, mean, this was even, Central Florida this was in even, Central Florida in 2014 as well. Sorry, not this 12, was even 14. better. This was even worse than. The uh, the Logan start against UConn. Okay, I didn't even think about that one. There have been a surprising number of games under Dana where they have gone in with the mindset of, if we score 14, we win this game. It's happened at Tulsa twice in that game at UConn in 2019, which I watched in a Buffalo 3 on the south side of Austin waiting for a, a cousin's what? wedding. Oh, a Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, B-Dub. Okay. <laughs> Buffalo three. Okay. It's whatever. Sitting there by myself, the only person watching this tiny 13 inch screen. <laughs> it doors or East Hartford, I guess, uh, Connecticut. But it's one of the worst offensive performances I've seen. Yes. And God bless Jack Martin. They put him in some really bad situations. Every kick he has is 40 plus. Over yeah. fifty sometimes. It's well, because I mean, I mean, if it's if we've got fourth down inside of that, we're going for it. Yeah. Well, to this point, you have. I mean, um, it's obviously. And I don't paid really off. have well, a problem we... with most of the, the the decisions to go for it. I mean, what right? are we? Two of seven on fourth two down. Two of ten, now? I believe. Two of ten. 
That's, yeah. that's a good percentage. I don't have well, an analytics department here to run that, but you know. Yeah. But I mean, most, if not like the fourth and eight at Rice, maybe you can have it. But the others, I don't have a problem. If it's fourth and one, you have to go for it, especially plus side of the field. I have no issue with that. Where I have the issue is the things you've decided to do. You obviously think Donovan Smith cannot go under center to run a quarterback sneak. Clayton Toon did it all the time. I don't think Donovan Smith has done it this year. I understand he's he's bigger, but he's not that much bigger than Toon. No. Why why has it changed all of a sudden? The whole point of the quarterback sneak is to get the guy up there and make the move before the defense has time to react. If you're yeah. starting four yards back, doesn't that eliminate the whole thing? I mean, if it's if not if like you're gonna start choosing between the holes you're gonna run through. Here's 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 the difference. Um, when a quarterback sneak, you're just hoping the your offensive lineman can fall forward enough for you to get just that much, just a little bit of space. So then you can just kind of grind your way to the first down. If you're going to come back, if you're going to start back in the shotgun, you need to have your offensive lineman block. Yeah. They're going to have to do the work. You're not going to be able to do the work. Yeah. So and that might be a shortcoming of this team. Well, no, that's obviously, I mean, as far as pushing somebody off the ball, that's that's obviously a weak point. I mean, we weren't able to push Rice off the ball. No. Why, why would we expect to to push TCU off the ball? I mean, like Dana said in the postgame, they were only in the national conference, or the national title championship game last year. Okay, well then, why are you running stupid plays like that against somebody you perceive as a national caliber team? You have 325 rush yards. On 103 attempts. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that that turns out that we are 111th in uh, the country in rushing. Still top 125. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. We're not the worst. Not the worst. Not the worst. So we got that going for us. Yeah. So everybody just remember, it could always be worse. You're a millimeter away from finding out. I mean, you are so close to well, finding we're, out how much we're, worse we're literally a month away from really finding out uh we're we're really close on that on that that f around find out graph we're inching slowly slowly further up to the right i didn't know there was a graph but okay uh what do you okay we don't have the lines for this week with sam houston yet maybe when this is released they'll have them is the line under 10 if I was going to guess, I would guess six and a half. I'd say a little more than that, nine and a half. But I, I don't, and we could be way off. I don't think we are, but we could be. I just, you have come off of three, like a really close game, an overtime game, and a get your ass handed to you game. Those are all emotionally taxing in one way or another. And this is a trap. And I've been telling you all year, it's a trap. I didn't think you were going to be coming off of what you just came off of. Mm-hmm. But how this team responds this week is the most interesting thing of the year. If yeah, you come out flat again, you are who you thought you were. This is it. If you come out and show something, well then, okay, that's a little fight. And that's something. And then you got to go to Texas Tech and do it again before you get a, a week and a half off. If this team comes out flat against Sam Houston and the crowd is not going to be very good and the energy in the stadium is going to be non-existent. So if right. they're expecting to, you know, pull that energy from the crowd, that's done. Don't even well, worry I mean, about that. 
you know, the the crowd last night was pretty decent. It's okay. Um, did they did they pull any energy from that? I'd say no. I would agree with that. Um, in the I moments mean, where you got energy in the stadium, clearly they they went away pretty fast. Oh yeah, we did a real good job of shutting that yeah, down. Yeah, you you really shut that down. Uh, I was surprised that after the turnovers, Dana didn't try to to go get something on first down. I knew we were going to see a trick play. I didn't think it was going to be that bad a trick play. That was one of the worst throws. <laughs> a quarterback throwing a trick play should be a good throw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you flip it to a guy and flip it to a guy and flip it back to the quarterback, by this point, it should be a good throw. And it was not. It was horrible and picked off. But the the energy this week is going to show you a lot about what this team is and if they're still buying what Dana's selling because you can't go and challenge your whole team, your coaching staff, your players, players specifically in public, in the media, you challenge them and then they don't step up. Golden stepped up in the special teams, uh, but I, I think he had not returned the week before. I think it was Parker Jenkins and, and Sawyer and now it was Jenkins and, and Golden. And I think this is the best combo they've had returning kicks. Uh, I just don't. Peyton Sawyer is just not as good as either of them. And but Golden did not accept that challenge in the passing game, and he's pressing. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you, it's it's like yips, and I don't know how you cure that. Well, <clears throat> just through repeti- repetition. Reps, and, and he's got it's got to slow down in his head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about it. We talked about that last week. Did we? Um, yeah, that yeah, he was, a lot of these just week. like he's just looked like he was pressing and he's, you know, he's trying to, the thing, the, the weird thing is, is that it seemed from, from me being an athlete coming up, the harder I tried, the faster the game moved. Right. But the more I was able to kind of get into the flow, the slower the game happened. After you had walked that eighth guy at LSU yeah, in the third inning, was the game sped up for you? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would say I it, really, it, it was like that before the first pitch. Yeah, and um, I just don't think, it's not like the stage is too big for him. Maybe his internal expectations have been too big, and Dana has built that up. Well, it, it's, I don't even know, I don't, I don't think it's that. I think that you, you try to do too much. And what, when you're trying to do too much, that means you're trying to catch the pass and you're trying to make the play before you've caught the pass. Do you think you know, he's trying to be Tank Dell? Um, or replace Tank Dell? Absolutely. 100%. And that's part of the problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he, it's an opportunity for him to be the guy. Right. And he's but trying to do it. Day one. And he, it, he's, you know, it's not, it's, it's not. It's not doing. It's not paying attention to the small things so that the big yeah. things can happen. And nothing happens as a receiver until you catch the ball. Accurate. Everything else, you could run. You could run the most beautiful, perfect, perfectly timed route. You, all your steps are are great. Your release is ideal, and then you're got you and nothing but end zone. But you got to catch the ball first. Always that one thing you forget. That that those small little sticky details, you know. I always wanted to get back in the dugout real quick. I just forgot to throw strikes. So my d- dugout appearance was a lot quicker than yeah. I had hoped, but it was a completely different context. Do you think we see any changes this week 
offensively, do you, I think you're going to see Jamal Morris play a lot more at linebacker, and I'm um, totally happy for that kid. Man, I love that kid. Um, I am rooting. I am honestly rooting for him. I would say no, but um, you don't think they throw a bone to the thought, uh, the fan base, the the anger. They say, "Hey, look, here's a sacrificial lamb." that we're doing or this change we're making and we throw it out there for two or three series. And if it doesn't work, we go back to how it was. Um, I don't know. It took us, it took us going two and three before we made that call last year. Um, you know, we're still a long way from two and three, well, two but eight, perhaps, um, I don't know. Just, well, the, the problem is, is I'm trying to think what we might do, what we should do. Absolutely. What we might do had no clue. Yeah. I mean, if if the decision, if the decision is going come going to come down to, hey, we got to watch the film, and once we get done looking at the film, we'll make a decision from there. Then, if that's the case, there's no choice but to make changes because the film will tell you. I mean, just because you smell a pile of poop, you need confirmation that it was poop. Well, the film is going to show you that it was a lot of poop out there. I was wondering where that metaphor was going. I was a little nervous. <laughs> I honestly don't think they change anything. I think they talk about it on Monday. You know, we're gonna we're gonna try some things this week during practice, and you know, who we'll see who plays the best this week, and it'll end up being the same thing you've been seeing for the most part. Mm-hmm. Offensively, I think it's just the same exact thing. Well, I, I mean, what I would what I would hope is that they're going to go through everything that they're going to, the, all the core plays that they run, and they're going to drill the hell out of them. And if they are not performed perfect, they are going to sit there and drill it until they get perfect. And then when they get it perfect, they do it 10 more times. Anytime they screw up, everybody runs except it for the dude. It sounds like you're talking about up. Kelvin Sampson taking over the football program is what I'm yeah, hearing. Or every coach that I've ever played for who was successful. Yeah. I mean – what Kelvin does, the actions that he he performs are not unique, but his ability to be consistent with it every single day and take that and make that and extrapolate that to everything he does in his life, that's what's unique. When we started the NIL video stuff, my first time meeting Emmanuel Sharp was a little weird. I didn't really know him. I didn't know much about him. And he said something that Oh, we have to be on point in practice the entire time we're there because Samp is always watching. He sees everything mm-hmm. and he can be looking at another part of the court and out of the corner of his eye, he sees that my cut is wrong or I need to make it differently. Mm-hmm. And then his voice starts booming across the court. Yep. And I don't, I don't know that you need the fear of the coach like that, but you need to think that the head coach and the position coaches are watching everything you do and they're going to correct it until you do it right. That's the key is that it gets corrected. Right. And we're waiting for that. We're waiting it's for not, that. It's not, a fear. Part. it's not the fear that doing it wrong, you'll get in trouble. The fear is doing it wrong. And then that affects your place on the team that puts you down a notch. If you can't, if you can't, if you can't you would be think on, that's what it is. But if you can't really be on that. point, well, I mean, hell, if it takes if it takes being afraid because if you don't do it right, you're going to be running your guts out. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I'd have everybody on the line every time they did, every time anybody did something wrong. And actually I wouldn't have everybody on the line. I would have the dude who screwed up stand there right there in and the watch. middle of them and watch. Yeah. So then they can take care of the problem because players have a thing, thing that, that, you know, a lot of them don't want to let the coach down, but they definitely don't want to let their, their buddies down. They don't want to, they don't want to let down the guys who are in the locker room. And if you're, if you have respect and you have a healthy fear of the leaders in the locker room, that they'll come in and they'll read you the riot act because you keep screwing up and making them, making them run. Um, because those little screw ups that you have to run for, those are the screw ups that lose you ball games. That's when you have a third down and that's when you have a third down and three and all of a sudden you get a false start and now you got a third and eight or a fourth down and three and then you got a fourth and eight and then you got a punt. I mean, details matter. They, they mean, they, Spencer Tillman was talking about it all night long from the very beginning to the very end is that these games are won on the margins. The smallest things matter. The little bitty tiny things add up to be everything. Yeah. And if you aren't doing the little bitty tiny things every single day, repeating it over and over again and getting it perfect over and over again, I don't care. I don't care if it's just hand placement on a block or foot placement on first step. Or, Do you think that's emphasized in this program? I don't know. I don't know. If I was going to guess, I would say no, because all of it looks like crap. The inconsistency is, is is so pervasive that they can't be doing everything right all the time in practice because if they were, you wouldn't be this inconsistent in the game. And this isn't just this year. It's last year. It's the year before. It's the year before that. I mean, it's every single day. Tank Dell just scored his first NFL touchdown. Congratulations. I never really got to know him, but I've always just totally respected him because it was all about ball. and. He was a little different, but I'm I'm always happy for for guys that do it the right way and are rewarded. I guess that's it for the week. Yeah, my we, main I thing. I really is, don't know anything about Sam Houston other than I know the location. They got a real cool uh, statue up there. They do. Had a couple of friends back in the day who played for them back in the '90s. Well, that's fascinating. So that wraps it up for the week. What we're going to look for in the next week is. What does this team show you against Sam Houston? Do they come out gunning? Do they come out in the game? Or do they come out loafing and kind of mailing it in? The thing that strikes me about this program early this season is the pregame warmups. Virtually non-existent against Rice. And then you come out and get your doors blown off. They came out earlier against TCU, but went in way before TCU. And I get you don't want to overextend your team, but maybe you've got to get their attention too. I am so interested to see what comes of this week. I was disappointed in week one and week two and week three. Show me something. Show everybody something. Get this fan base at least mildly interested when you go to tech. Because right now, the energy, if not an all-time low, is getting there. I mean, you're talking major Apple White bad. Tony Levine in 2014 bad. Mm-hmm. Do something. Yeah, I mean, I would say don't do it for me. Don't do it for your coach. Don't do it for the fans. Do it for yourself. You owe yourself that much. You put yourself through hell for 365 days a year. You work your guts out, blood, sweat, and tears. And this is what you're. This is what you're putting on the field. Are you proud of that? Go out and do something to make yourself proud. Thanks for listening. Come on, renew. 
Dr. Couture. Yavu! Yeah,